Today on Her Wild Outdoors, Bobby Herda of Wicked North Gear joins me for a conversation about growing up in the outdoors and having daughters that you are raising in hunting and fishing. Enjoy the conversation. All right, everybody, thanks for for coming into another um, podcast and listening in. Today we've got Bobby from Wicked North Gear uh, hanging out, and I'm excited for you to hang out with me today. I am too. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me, Amy. No problem. Hey, I always like to start these. I like to get a little bit of background on you, and I love stories, mm-hmm. and I love just how things got started in the outdoors. And so give us a background on you. And I know I've looked on your website and I've read a little bit about you, but let other people hear who you are. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I've been, uh, uh, I grew up in the the Midwest um, and even, you know, to go um, even back further than that, when I was born, kind of a funny story, I was given a, a hunting nickname. So that actually started off, you know, really young for me. So my dad, uh, my mom's obviously having labor pains. My dad brings uh, her to the hospital and in a, in a Volkswagen Beetle station wagon, uh, which he <laughs> traded in for a, I know for a, for a 64 Nova super sport. And I still haven't uh, uh, let that go, but um, <laughs> so, yeah, so he, so they get to the, they get to the hospital and uh, he shuffles my mom in and the doctors and the nurses grab her. He goes and parks the car and he comes back and they're like, hey, congratulations, you have a son. And my dad was like, what? The kid came out like buckshot. You know, so I mean, I, I kind of, I was kind of like introduced to the hunting world that way a little bit. Yes. Um, but, and, and, you know, that nickname has stuck ever since. So I was kind of like born, I guess, and, you know, to, to be in the outdoors and to hunt and stuff like that is the way I like to like to look at it. I would agree with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you've held on to buckshot your entire life. Yeah, I have. And you know, I haven't like, you know, it's not like I, I'm like obsessed with it, but it's just like a nickname, like, like close family members and whatnot mm-hmm. um, will call me randomly and stuff like that. So yeah, it's kind of, it's hung around for sure. Yeah. You know? Well, did you know? your, were your dad, did your dad, your mom, were they into the hunting community or the outdoor community? <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess just like, you know, some, most folks, a family member, whether it be mom, dad, or brother or sister got him into hunting. Um, and in this case, my, my dad was, uh, you know, uh, he loved to fish. He loved to deer hunt. Um, but you know, in the, in the very beginning, like early on, I was super into nature and the outdoors. Like I remember just my bedroom was just plastered with like Ranger Rick magazines, outdoor life articles. I'd rip out the pages, my whole, like my, all my bedroom walls were like a scrapbook. You know, there was just outdoor stuff everywhere. So I was just really into it, but not really into the hunting aspect yet. Right. And, I, and my dad would go leave for hunting and it would just be like, yep, dad's leaving. Um, and then, you know, he was, and then at one time he was just like, hey, you want to come with me? And I thought, well, sure. You know, and then, I mean, that first time I went and was kind of like surrounded by like that deer camp kind of vibe and feel everyone was around eating and drinking and having fun and then getting up early sitting out in the woods i mean i think i, I was just kind of hooked you know that was like the first time i ever uh shot a shotgun i wanted a, I wanted to shoot a shotgun into a tree because i wanted to save the bullet my dad was like okay well let's do this so he found a big stump i shot a, it was the first time i shot a, a 12 gauge slug and i remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, it kicked me so hard. It was unbelievable, you know? So then we, then we took the stump home. He got out, we got a, you know, a couple of axes out and we cut out that slug 
and I had it forever and then it just kind of uh, disappeared. But uh, so yeah, dad, dad got me into uh, deer hunting. I, uh, I, the whole shotgun thing, the first time I shot a shotgun was my husband's turkey gun back before we got married. And mm-hmm. he knew, I didn't know. I had shot pistols, I had shot rifles, but I had never shot a shotgun before. And he knew that it was going to throw me on my rear end. And so I think he stood behind me, his shoulder was behind me. And as right. soon as it kicked, uh, it threw me back, of course, just a little bit. Yep. I was perfectly fine. I had no bruise. I had no, there was no soreness, but he ended up with a bruise on his shoulder from where I hit him. And he laughed and laughed and laughed the whole time because it shocked the fool out of me because I was not expecting that even as an adult. Oh no. Right. Right. Well, a turkey gun, I mean, it, it packs a wall up. Yes, you know, it, it does. Uh, it's, it's not fun sighting those in. That's for sure. No, you really pray hard that it is patterned the first shot. Oh yeah. First shot. We're good. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah that that's, it surprised me big time on that. Um, since then yep. it has been one of those, um, I, I ended up shooting it once this year just to, uh, I don't know to remember and to see if it was right. any different, yep. just to punish yourself, a little just bit. to punish myself. And it, it was, it didn't throw me off guard as much because I was prepared for it. Uh, sure. but at the yeah. same time, it still, it still packed a punch. And, uh, yep. I think that shotguns as much as I love bird hunting it, they are definitely not my favorite gun to shoot uh, right well that, that, that's the thing too those you know it's, when you're practicing and you're sighting them in it's one thing but like when you shoot a turkey or whatever you shoot mm-hmm. a deer with a gun it's you different. don't remember that no totally you don't different. it's like it's I mean you could shoot it 50 times and not even know that you did it that's you know true. so it's just it's crazy how that adrenaline and just all your emotions tied up into that moment. You just don't even remember it, you know? That's very true. I shot um, this March, I shot uh, a Benelli for mm-hmm. a conservation snow goose hunt. And I do sure. not remember. I do not remember the punch that came with it right. at all. Yep. Uh, right. So... It, that's very, very true. But those Benelli's are pretty nice too. My Mossberg, I still remember the punch. <laughs> right. It has a yeah, good... Well, Technology has come a long way in these shotguns too. You know, so it, they, they've tried to take a little bit out of it. But I mean, a turkey load and a, and a slug gun still... Still It'll still get you. Punch, you it's know, true. No matter what they do. Yep. Yep. Very true. I've thought about getting uh, a 20 gauge just sure. for practice, just for... Um, <laughs> just for going out and shooting clays and, and working on target and movement and, and all of that, just because I think that I could shoot more longer with a 20 gauge Mm -hmm. and really enjoy it and not have to anticipate that. Right. Um, that's, that's, I think, and I think the kids would enjoy that more too. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, if you introduce them with something a little bit less, uh, you know, that has a little bit less gunpowder, a little smaller gauge, um, you know, something easier for them to shoot. It doesn't scare them off right away. You yeah. know, 
Yeah, I think I mean, my dad, my dad, my dad handed me a 12 gauge with a slug. You know, I think he just he was just like, sure, <laughs> go ahead. And he knew what was coming too. You know, he was just like, well, brace yourself. You know, so, oh, our parents, they're so much fun. Yeah, no kidding. Yep, totally. <laughs> we were yep. nice. We introduced ours to a 22 first, and oh, geez, they yeah. love shooting the 22. The uh, my youngest has jumped up. He's he's shot the AR and he has shot a rifle and he's completely comfortable with it but uh he right. has not shot the 308 yet um Oof, or, yep. it's another animal it, it really is um so yep. it'll be interesting we we've been very kind to them and we remind them of that <laughs> right exactly yep. yeah okay so how did hunting start well i guess it would be more so like it started with fishing you know obviously yes. so I, I would fish you know being from, I grew I was born and raised in Minnesota. So, um, fishing 10,000 lakes. I mean, there's a lake around here. You can fish, drive 20 minutes, one direction and run into a lake. So I spent a lot of time fishing, um, a lot of time on the water doing that. Uh, and then just, I, I, my, uh, one of my good friends was into bow hunting. So I was just like, okay, well, you know, what is this bow hunting thing? So, um, I went out and bought a bow, started practicing, shooting, and then uh, I just basically just kept kept at it. And uh, so, I mean, a, a good friend of mine kind of like introduced me to it. And then it just has it has stuck ever since, you know, mm-hmm. but I kind of had those roots from being with my dad, um, you know, sitting up in the, I just sitting up in the tree, him feeding me bit of honeys to keep me quiet. <laughs> um, you know, so I kind of, I kind of knew the, the rules and the and you know how to act out in the woods, you know, from him. Right. Uh, but getting but getting introduced into like actual like deer hunting, do it myself. Started through bow hunting through a friend. Do you know that's I have not hunted big game with mm. a gun yet. Okay. It it started with a crossbow, has moved into bow. I went rifle hunting last year once and didn't see a deer, so I still don't count it as, <laughs> as rifle hunting yet. But it's uh, it's been I really enjoyed. I don't know. So so I've talked to a couple of people, and a couple of people who are used to mentoring other people into hunting. And like both you and I, because I started fishing at a young, young age, and I've right. I've been fishing catfish, bass. Uh, what are some of the other? I've I've just been I've been fishing since I've I've been three, and it it kind of ventures from fishing into other things, but into small game, whether it's squirrel or rabbit, going from. One thing to then something a little bit smaller, but that small game, you have to be, you have to work hard to find them because of how skittish they are. And I think it's the same with bow hunting because you have to get so close that, I mean, I'm, I'm not shooting anything over 30, 35 yards, right? It's, Mm -hmm. that's my comfort zone. And so allowing them to come closer, the, the closest I've shot was 10 yards. And so to have yeah. a deer within 10 yards of you, you have to learn how to be quiet. You can't move. You've got to learn all of those things. And I think it really comes in handy when you do add a gun to it. Oh, no, I mean, it, it does. And, you know, I, I, 
I prefer archery hunting. I really mm-hmm. do. Um, because I, I, I find it, um, a little bit more challenging to myself because mm-hmm. you do have to do a little bit more homework. And, you know, like you said, you have to, you have to kind of learn by your mistakes, basically. Like, I mean, moving, making noises, you know, being, you know, aware of what's going on all the time while you're up there is whether or not you're going to, you know, see a buck or have a mature buck or a deer, you know, and walk by your stand. Right. You know, so it's like, uh, yeah, it's, you know, bow hunting is, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun thing to do because one, you get to start, um, usually deer hunting before gun hunters start. So you get to be out there a little bit earlier, you know, whether the deer aren't feeling any kind of pressure Agreed. and you're out there just with like, yeah. And, and you're out there earlier on. So you still have like the summer vibes and it fall is just kind of starting. It's just a, it's an awesome time to be out in the woods, you know? I, I agree. i love being out there especially on public land because there aren't many bow hunters around here so Mm, i feel i mean there are tennessee has plenty of bow hunters if you're listening and you're from tennessee i'm so sorry i did not mean that um but on the public land that we have hunted this year archery season was dead on those properties So it was nice to not have to worry about a shotgun or, a, or I'm sorry, a uh, muzzleloader going off um, sure. and right over your head or right behind you or, you know, these things that make you worry, uh, rifles, whatever, not having to share that with so many people is so nice because the deer aren't pressured right. yet. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember when I, when I started bow hunting too, I mean, it's, it's evolved so much since when I had it, you know, my, my compound bow, when I had it, I mean, honestly, like axle to axle was like 72 inches. I mean, mm-hmm. this thing was huge and, you know, <laughs> and heavy. And the, right. And the cams were like the size of a quarter. I mean, it was, it was a totally different game back then. And really there, I mean, it, it was a really big sport, but not like it is now. Mm-mm. So gaining access to property was different back then. I mean, basically anybody would let you hunt. You just had to go up and knock on the door, you know, right. especially, especially bow hunting back then, you know, um, when I was a teenager, we would just, you know, basically drive around and ask all these different farmers and they didn't care at all. You know, now these days there people are looking for a lease or it's already leased or, yeah. you know, 20 other people are hunting it. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's changed a lot. I, uh, we, we have hunted public land until or private land until this past year. And it was just this small, probably eight acres of, of private property that backed up to 20 something acres with a pond and everything. And we had permission to retrieve off of that, that bigger property, but we hunted on, on a small, small property. And I've, had tons of conversations because whether you're on a small piece of property, a small piece of public land or a large piece, you, you still have to finagle and finesse the hunting season and the, in the preseason, because you've got to figure out with large pieces of property, you've got to figure out where the deer are moving, where they're bedding down and all of that with a small piece of property, you have to figure out how to get deer to cross that small section <laughs> right? It's, yep. and without baiting because Tennessee doesn't bait. And so it's, right. it's trying to pattern things out in the preseason, whether through minerals or corn or whatever in the preseason. 
and then everything mm-hmm. has to be picked up a certain number of days before hunting season, and then you just sure. pray that they still follow that pattern. <laughs> right. Yep. So, but with the larger properties, it's it has been a game of okay. Well, where are they moving? We've got to figure out where where they're bedding, how they move, what time they move, what what has been the best situation. And so I, there's a lot of conversation on what's best. And I think that either thing comes with, with its benefits and its disadvantages. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are you mainly public land or do you have, or do you still get access to those private properties you're talking about? You know, I guess uh, uh, for for like upland game and birds and stuff like that, I still do um, public, right? Uh, just because you can just walk forever. It's you know, true. that's kind of what you have to do chasing those birds and whatnot. Um, but for deer and turkey, it's mostly private, and it comes from um, like family ties, mm-hmm. uh, friends, and then really just knocking on doors. You know, yeah. turkey hunting turkey hunting i guess people are the farmers basically you know some some of those birds are you know ruining crops and what like you know whatnot so they're they're wanting you to turkey hunt but you still have other people that are knocking on the same doors because they see the same birds in the same field you know so there's it's just a matter of knocking on as many doors as you can and then deer hunting is much different you know Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's like i'm hunting some of the same properties i've been hunting since i was a kid you Mm -hmm. know it's just kind of once you find a, a, a solid chunk or a two chunks or a couple of areas, you, you just kind of like start making them all. You just kind of stay right and just kind of mm-hmm. like make it your own and just try to make it a nice little deer, you know, habitat. Well, and then you get to to hand that down. We There's, there's also a lot of conversation between East Coast uh, and West Coast hunting uh, for deer, mm-hmm. whether you're tree stand hunting, blind hunting, or, or packing it in and out. And right. the the joy that I have found with private land hunting is especially family land is that you get to pass down tradition. So you hunted there, you get to walk that same path and your daughters one day would be walking that same path as well. And it could be, um, there, there's stories there, there's history there, there's there are lessons to be learned and passed on. And I think that there's a lot of great things that come with that. Oh, for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, yeah. I fully agree. Yeah. Okay. You have, you have three girls. I do. And Send prayers. <laughs> okay. So some friends of mine just had their sixth daughter. So, I don't know. (laughs) Both of y'all need (laughs) prayers, but. Yeah, no kidding. Six girls would be kind of difficult. It would be very difficult. Um, Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm done complaining. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Uh, But still, three. And and you've got, and they're younger. And so, um, I know that you're excited (laughs) about what will come and what. what exciting things that you guys will be able to do in the outdoors, but what are some of the things that you're doing, especially with your older girls, um, to, to prep them for hunting, whether, because they're not hunting right now, but what would they? No, 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 they're they're not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny to uh, back it up, you know, just a little bit. 
you know, being, being a hunter, everyone in my family, a lot of my friends, you know, um, after we had our first, you know, they were like, geez, man, maybe then, you know, maybe if you have another one, that one will be a boy or, you know, <laughs> and, uh, so then, then we had Hazel and, uh, they're like, well, geez, maybe, you know, the next one, I was just like, you guys, I don't need a boy mm-hmm. in order to feel like they need to hunt. You know right. what I mean? So right. it's just like, it's, it's like, it's like a weird, it's like a weird thing that people think. And it's, it's kind of like dating back to, I don't know, maybe the, like the men hunt and the women gather or something like that. I mean, that's been like around for like ever, you know, it's not like people are saying that to be rude or mean. They just need a software update. You know, it's like, that's not, that's not, that's not what's happening anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm, I'm just as excited for my girls to be interested in it if they want to, Mm -hmm. as if I had three boys, you know, and just because I have a boy doesn't mean the boy's going to want to hunt because dad does, you know, they they might, they might have their own interests. So, um, I, you know, what I'm doing with my girls now is obviously when I go, they know I'm going, um, they, you know, they don't ask to go yet because they, they're just, they're just not there yet. And Mm -hmm. I don't push it. No. Um, but when I'm back with something, I mean, they're, it's all hands on deck. They're touching, they're poking, they're pulling, you know, they're just, they're just all over it. And they just, and they're exploring it that way. And then they have a ton of questions, yes. you know, and I just try to answer, I just try to answer on as honestly as I can. Um, you know, I don't try to, you know, obviously the animal's dead, <laughs> you know, right. so, you know, and, and, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're not, they're not, you know, weirded out by that. They just ask how and, and I just, I just explain it to them the best way I know how. And then once they show more interest, like my, um, um, well, I won't say my youngest anymore, my, my middle one, I think she's might be the one that'll maybe show interest a little bit sooner. Um, cause she's all about everything questions and just like, when can we do this? When are we going to have Turkey sandwiches? <laughs> and, and she actually, she actually wants to go out and sit in the blind. So I think next year, mm-hmm. um, um, and I don't, I don't blind hunt that much, but, uh, I am going to get one because I think I can like put like, you know, a backpack or two on her, put her iPad in there, fill it with snacks you know, so she'll be like, she won't get bored out there because right. that's what I don't want to have happen. Is just to get you know super disinterested. That so I think I'm, yeah, so I think I'm going to take her out and just kind of see how that goes. I think that that's kind of how we did it, and we, I didn't. I'm trying to think of how old my kids were. My daughter was six, and my son was four when I started hunting, and from even the time before that, when my husband was hunting we did the same thing when they were learning their sounds, when they were learning what foods they were eating, we never sugarcoated it. We never, uh, held back on what they were eating. We never held back on what the animal was in farmer in the Dell. Well, farmer in the Dell is raising animals (laughs) to either use what they are producing or to, you know, butcher. (laughs) I mean, we're, we weren't mean and we weren't, um, harsh with it but we were just honest with it and it kind of I think created a situation where it never was taboo Mm -hmm. it was never something that was ooh that's gross or I'm uncomfortable with that it was just always a point blank conversation and I come from a medical background I was a a cardiac scrub nurse for years and so I bring on the science part of it. So when we gutted a deer, it would be a science project on, you know, how the order of, 
of the insides were, how it was organized. Sure. It wasn't just this right. big ball of mush inside. Everything right, right. works together and it's in order and here's the heart and here are the lungs. And so it was never this disgusting thing. It was very organized and set apart and really cool. Mm-hmm. So right, right. I think doing... Yeah, I, guess I guess it's just all the way it's, pers- you know, the way it's uh, presented. Yes, 100%. And, and that's how it is in life anyways. If you're trying to give constructive criticism, it's it's how you present it mm-hmm. to someone. It's not harsh. It's not uh, defensive or, or a way that could cause defensiveness. And I think that it's good practice for them to see us presenting them in a way that's just matter of fact. I mean, we talk to them about hunting just like we would talk to them about playing with friends or just like we would talk to them about the birds and the bees. Everything's just kind of matter of fact and built upon, not just thrown on them at one, one big cannonball. It's, um, it's, it's something built up in, to where they understand it. And so it's been really cool to teach them that so that now this was their first year hunting with us. And like you said, it was my first year actually hunting in a blind and it was very foreign to me, but it created, I think it created a situation where a, they felt safe within something but then B it kind of hid whatever movement (laughs) Um, it kind of helped me a little bit as well Uh, but it it's different our hunts were shorter Um, we we had to be more patient there were days that I had to bite my tongue and take it up for this is a learning experience for both of us and so it changed our hunting completely this year but I would say that this year we all grew more than any of the other years that I've been hunting right just having the element of having the the kids along yes and Mm -hmm. you know they always say learn something do it and teach it and in each one of those Like as you learn, you are learning in one way. As you do it, you learn in a different way. And then as you teach it, it's a whole different ballgame. So I feel like I've become a better hunter by walking alongside of them. They have grown me. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I mean, it does make sense, actually. Mm -hmm. It has been fun. And it's been fun to walk back through hunter safety with them. So I, I feel like I've learned... Not more, but it's just a deeper uh, growth in that as well. Just being able to sit back and listen to kids ask questions. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, they'll, I mean, talk about brutal honesty and, <laughs> yes. you know, just not beating around the bush. It's just so get true. a toddler involved. It's yeah. so true. <laughs> the questions that come out are hysterical. And, oh, Lord. Yeah. And at the same time, they're true questions that need an answer it's just yep. i wouldn't necessarily asked that question but no, it, right. it makes me think okay what would that answer be uh, right but it has it has been fun i'm excited to see uh especially if 
like whoever goes with you this this next season it'll be Mm -hmm. exciting to hear how that is going um oh no it'll be i think it'll be great mm because i mean like you know like we were just talking about the blinds like what kid doesn't like a fort oh yeah you know so i mean there that's i mean i think that's the mentality is like climbing in something either zipping it up or closing the door behind you um you know and just kind of being in a little space with dad mom or whoever um i just think i'm really actually looking forward to it because it's gonna i feel like it's gonna come like full circle from like me like looking back on how my dad felt when he took me you know what I mean so it was just it'll be kind of cool to just kind of have that that come full circle and just be like man this is maybe this is what my dad thought or you know or this is I don't know I think it'll just be cool to have a an other element you know having someone else in out there with you because I mean archery hunting is a solo sport you know it really is um and and turkey hunting you know kind of is too less of you know I do a lot of um you know partner hunting too but I just uh I don't know, having having a little one out there, I think it'll just bring a whole another uh, fun element to it. I'm actually looking forward to it. But like I said before, I'm not going to force it. I just want mm-hmm. them to show like major interest and then and then just start, you know, get them uh, get them started slow. Right. We we didn't have my daughter came with me a lot hunting this year. But she was not ready to pull a trigger or to let go or to she was not ready for that. And that I think I think hunters do a really good job of that, but it's something to be aware of when you're mentoring, whether whether it's a child or a friend or a daughter or uh, or anybody. Was it, uh, was it was it the I don't mean to interrupt you, but was it was it the fact that afraid to shoot or afraid to kill something or the combo? Or? I will tell you, I, I, it is not the fear of killing something because she has been a part of this forever. It. I think her mm-hmm. biggest fear was to shoot something and not kill it. Oh, sure. And so, yeah. and I know that my son did the same thing. The first time I took him out, he had a chance to uh, to shoot a doe. And uh, we were archery hunting only, so I had a crossbow there for him. And he looked at me and said, Mom, I don't think that I can take this shot and actually and not hurt her. And so I would rather practice some more because he had not practiced that much. And he said, I would rather practice some more and really make sure that I can take an ethical shot before I sit here and do that. And so their fear wasn't to kill something. It was to not kill something and to hurt right. it. And so well, I use a lot wiser than a lot of, right? <laughs> a lot of, uh, a lot of people. We've talked about it a lot and it was really impressive to sit with both of them and for them to communicate that to us, that that was their biggest fear because, um, we love animals. We love our right. dogs. We love, we love every single animal that we've had in this house because we've had a lot and mm-hmm. it's, there, the compassion that hunters have for animals is disregarded sometimes. And I think right. I think that it shows, especially in a child being able to sit there and communicate that, it shows that there's compassion, there's there's heartache when I would I would much rather miss completely than harm something. One hundred percent. Yeah. So it's it's a great yeah. conversation to have as they're getting closer to actually harvesting an animal because it does show wisdom. It shows self-control. It shows that they're thinking 
outside of the box a little bit and not just right. hunger, hungry for the shot. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing. Uh, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I've lost two deer in my, my lifetime of hunting and both of them still kind of like haunt me a little oh, bit, yeah. you know, cause it's just, it's just, uh, it's not a good feeling at mm-hmm. all, you know, cause you just, you just, uh, and, he, and, and this was a, these were does too. So it wasn't like I was, you know, rack hungry or, you mm-hmm. know, just, you know, focused on that. It was just like, I don't know. You just kind of want to, if you're going to put all that work in and, you know, make a shot and then something happens where the shot isn't great, you just, uh, it just makes you feel terrible, you know, oh, cause you, really you kind of owe, you, you owe that to them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, I mean, that, that's the way I look at it, but I don't think uh, it's talked about. I don't think it's talked about as much as it needs to be talked about because we have, I've, I've had it happen. I've, I arrowed a deer once where it hit a shoulder and Mm -hmm. it made, I was frustrated. I thought when you get there and the arrow only has blood on the tip of it you go oh crap (laughs) yep not good (laughs) the old three inches of penetration not good so at least i knew with that one especially coming out the next time and seeing that deer it made me feel a little bit better but i did i lost a buck two years ago and it was one of those situations where it's getting dark i think i had about 45 minutes left of shooting light and a huge buck comes through mm. and I shot and I, I truly 100% knew it was a great shot. But when it came down to it, when I got there, it went fully through. There was blood everywhere. There was a blood trail. I sat back and waited for not enough time. And so mm. as I was tracking this deer, I was pushing him. And at one point, we just had to back out and it crushed me. And we went back the next day and couldn't find it. We found a huge bed of blood where he had laid down. And it looked like when when I started searching for him, he had laid down and then he heard me and I pushed him out. So my heart, like you said, it still haunts you. That hunt still haunts me. And it is, it is hard. It's hard to swallow those sometimes. (laughs) Right. I bet, I bet you don't uh, get down and look for deer or push them anymore though. No, no, I bring snacks. (laughs) I bring snacks. I hang out. Uh, I was very lucky this year. (laughs) The doe that I got uh, with my son, it was as perfect of a shot as I could have taken and she dropped within 15 yards. And so oh, those are awesome. Those are great. And to be able to have your kid with you to see that kind of shot. And right. um, that that was probably the best shot I've ever taken. And it it was a perfect day for that to happen. But most of them I'm tracking and they always go down the daggum hill. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yep. Why not? They got to make you work for it. Right. You got to drag right. that thing back up. Um, yep. <laughs> but yeah, that's one, that's one thing that I feel like has happened to most people. You just don't hear those stories as much. Right. Right. Oof, oof. For sure. But it, it, hap- it happens to everyone. Trust me. Yes. Oh, goodness yep. gracious. <laughs> now, along the way, have you been able to uh, have 
people come with you who have less experience than than you that you have been able to sort of mentor along the way? You know, not uh, not where I was like, you know, in charge of mentoring, um, but I have uh, hunted with a few, you know, kids. Right. Um, but there was their, but their parent was there. So, I mean, they were taking over that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but just to be out there and just kind of like answer questions and just like walk around and, you know, it was turkey hunting. So there's, I mean, you can walk around and talk and look for turkeys, you know, so it was, um, so mentoring, um, just not myself, but I've been like around other kids. Um, with their folks and just kind of like did the the group hunt and answer questions and share experiences and you know back what the other parents saying and you know and stuff like that but not a not a not a mentorship yes my 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 own girls will be my first at that yeah i still count that as mentoring because we can all admit that kids look at everybody who's around them and how they do things and how they sound and how they're walking and so if you are walking alongside of another hunter who is trying to learn whether you're right. the, the lead in that or not, they're still watching you. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm still trying to get my nephews, one, one of my nephews to come with me, but, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he'll do it, but I just, I just think it, uh, well, one, he's just a, a great kid and I'd, I'd like to spend a little bit of time with him out mm-hmm. in the woods and stuff like that. But I, that, that would be, that would be fun to, I, you know, cause I don't have any brothers. I have two sisters. Um, so all my hunting has been with, you know, dad and friends. So it'd just be fun to hunt with a little bit more family too, you know? Oh yeah. That I don't, my, my nephew has not, I don't know if he will ever hunt maybe one day. I I'm hoping so, but they're not a very big gun family. And so, uh, the bow might be the way into that introduction, uh, which would be a great experience for for them anyways but I the kids taking the kids and the mentoring of the kids and the growing of the kids in hunting um, I think we talked earlier about how you know bow hunting is solo uh, unless you've got like a camera person which I don't (laughs) it's just me (laughs) it's just me out there um but I, for five years, I solo hunted. My first hunt I went out on, I solo hunted. And mm-hmm. so bringing kids with us, um, I'm impressed, pause, hold on. All right, so, so bringing the kids along has not only changed how I think about when you're solo hunting, you're only thinking about yourself, your snacks, your whatever you're hunting with safety, whether you're going in a tree or you're on the ground um, searching for deer or turkey or whatever you're hunting for. But when you add kids to it, you you then add a, a different person that you are responsible for. And like you said, take a backpack, take snacks, take an iPad. You have to be prepared. Uh, But then you also have to be prepared to leave. And I think that that's that's the hardest part for me is realizing Mm -hmm. that that hunt that maybe started at three o'clock in the afternoon or one o'clock in the afternoon that you might not make it to sunset. And, and that's a tough one to swallow as a hunter who loves to be out there. (laughs) Oh, and that little golden hour. Yes. I 
will sit there forever waiting on that perfect hour of when everything comes out and you're trying, you're saying, hey, if we can just make it, I promise you, I promise you, this will be an hour that you will never forget because you will see things move that you don't normally see move. And right. there are just some days that it doesn't happen, that you just have nope. to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I am fully prepared for disappointment. <laughs> it's, um, I think I called my husband one time when we left on a hunt and we had two doe blow at us and I had oh. both kids with me, which was first of all, the wrong choice. But I, if I wanted to go hunting that day, they had to come with me. So yeah, got to do it. You got to do it. But after two blew at us and left, I just knew we were we had been told on and nothing else was going to be coming to that spot for sure yep so we got up and walked out and on the inside i have this inner battle of complete frustration of gritting my teeth and trying not to say anything and trying to be the bigger and better person and the good parent and i got in the car and the kids were in the back seat and my son looked at me and said mama i'm so sorry i ruined the hunt and i went oh my goodness it humbled me completely oh, yeah, right because <laughs> yep. they sense they sense the mood oh yeah they did <laughs> yes they did and so from then on out it made me more aware of how i walked out right and yeah. they watch that they hear it they sense it and they know when you're frustrated even if you don't say anything and so I had to be very aware of my shortcomings that day. Uh, I mean, parenting is humbling anyway, but that really got me in the kicker that, that day. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, I'm excited to hear about how this fall goes with you guys. Have they been right. fishing nope. yet? Yeah, they've uh, they've dabbled a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so they've uh, they've put a few on, uh, you know, caught a few got a few on the hook. Um, just uh, the the middle middle one, Hazel, she'll grab the fish. Uh, the other ones are are uh, May is still a little bit uh, hesitant. Um, and Gigi, our, our 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 youngest, who knows what who knows what she'll <laughs> want to do. But yeah. um, she's gonna. Uh, but I I'm gonna take all three of them this weekend to go fishing. I mean, they'll just be sitting on the dock and doing that, and take them out on the boat. Yeah. Um. So 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 that'll be fun. So yeah, they're gonna do some fishing this weekend and I, I, I want to do more of that with them because that way, I mean, there, there's a, there's, you can, you can be louder, you can talk more, get them more familiar with the outdoors. And that's kind of the way I started too. So it kind of just gets you in that mode of being outside, being in the outdoors and just kind of, you know, hanging out with dad. Well, and let's just go ahead and throw it out there. The time spent alone in the woods with no electronics, with no television, with no, other friends nearby where it's just one-on-one -on -one is irreplaceable. It's oh, irreplaceable. Really? Yeah. Right. Yep. yep. Nope. That's, uh, that's so true. And as they grow up now that I've got one that's going to be a teenager next year, I count those hours that we have together as huge blessings because I know that they could be few and far between. And so, right. I, I definitely take advantage of any time the answer is yes, I want to go with you. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's pretty special. It is. And I think it's it's also creating that habit 
that's important. I think that we mm-hmm. we don't realize that like what you're doing now with going fishing and and taking them out this next year or or going to check the food plot or going to check cameras, like whatever you're doing along the way, that's creating that habit of spending time together. And right. it opens up conversations. Even when you're deer hunting, we've whispered things to each other that, uh, man, they meet, I will never forget them. And mm-hmm. I really, really count those blessings and I can't wait I can't right. wait to continue it, but there's a little bit of sadness in knowing that, you know, I have six years left with my daughter and I want to fill it with as much time as possible in those, right. those moments. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause the moments where we're all like scouting, looking at deer sign, pointing out rubs, scrapes, deer poop, and all the different poop out mm-hmm. there, you know, they just, they think it's hysterical, you know, all oh, this yeah. poop out in the woods. They <laughs> um, <laughs> don't use but, a toilet. Uh, I know. Right. But it, it's just kind of, it's funny because uh, I kind of get like, it's like stuck in a, stuck in a work rut or something like that. And, you know, my mom will just gently remind me of like, Hey, listen, like when you think about how many summers and how many falls you have left with your, with your girls, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it's not that much compared to a lot, you know, the, a lifetime, you know? So it's just, she kind of like reels me back in randomly and, you know, will just, uh, you know, just remind me how special, you know, these, these years are, that's you know? True. So that's why I'm kind of excited to, um, you know, take, you know, maybe, uh, hazel out turkey hunting because, or deer hunting, if she wants to sit out there this fall with me too, but, um, just to kind of start that off and get, mm-hmm. and get that going and those experiences with them. It's true. It's very true. I also wanted to hear a little bit about wicked North gear, um, right. and how you've, you've started that and why. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So, uh, why I started, <laughs> why I started, it was, uh, um, well, I just love hunting, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm, my, my, my brain's always going. So, um, Wicked North kind of started with, you know, obviously just spending way too much time in a tree and, uh, you know, having all these different ideas run through my head. So I just kind of wanted to, um, try to solve a few problems that, uh, that I've encountered out in the woods, you know, so that's how I kind of started, uh, um, with my first two products, um, getting them on there is one is a Turkey kill kit and the other one is an X cross, which is still in uh, prototype mode, but it's a safer way to cross a, uh, a barbed wire fence. Mm, but, yeah. um, yeah, so, so basically wicked North started with just, uh, me just wanted to, you know, problem solve on a, on a couple of different, uh, issues I was coming across while I was hunting. Yeah. The, the whole, I saw the barbed wire thing and mm-hmm. I can tell you that my son split two pairs of bibs. No, it was one pair of bib twice on barbed wire and right. it's so frustrating. I've, we have sewn those bibs up now twice and it, it makes complete sense to have something to keep you from getting hurt, A, getting hurt, but then B, you spend money on equipment. You spend money on your clothing. You spend money on things that cannot get hurt by this kind of stuff. And so it makes complete sense. Yeah. I mean, camouflage, camouflage is expensive. Yes. And uh, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I think everybody's been, you know, hunting without something to cross a barbed wire fence. You either find the, a, a, you know, a, where, a spot where a tree fell on it, 
or you find a spot that's loose. Um, but, you know, I do a lot of uh, uh, running and gunning for turkey hunting. And this, sometimes you just don't, and there's cattle fences everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many gloves, pants, bibs, waders, backpacks, turkey vests, gets, you know, just snagged on everything. So I just kind of wanted to come up with a easy kind of like way that you could one packet to use it and uh you know have it you know for sure not you know fail when you're going across that so we're protect your private parts and all your hands and your and your gear while you're crossing yeah and there like you said when you are running and gunning you can't walk 20 30 40 50 yards down trying to find a cross you you have right. to get across right. where you are and yep. so i've applaud you for that because it, <laughs> it it would make it would have made my deer season with my kiddo a lot easier right right <laughs> they can't get up and over as easy as we do um being right. shorter especially i have a hard time getting over some of these fences and even on right. public land you have old fences that have fallen or are still up that you don't necessarily have a way around without going right. on to pub, private property and you can't right. do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and I made it so you could go, you know, over or under the fence too. You know, you just reverse it. You just lay on the ground, push the fence up and you crawl underneath it. Um, you know, and if you're, if you're with somebody, you know, they can hold the fence up, mm-hmm. you know, with, uh, with the X cross in their hand, you can go underneath it. So it's, it's just, uh, it's just a safer, you know, it's, it's, I mean, if you don't have to cross the fence, don't. But if you have to, yeah, you know, I just figured I might as well have something with me that'll that'll protect me and, you know, and and my gear. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. Because you mm-hmm. don't want to waste. I, I don't want to spend hundreds of dollars on another piece of of camo clothing. No, no, As, no. And, no, some of my buddies are running around in five hundred, six hundred dollars worth of camouflage. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Well, and when I found a pair that actually fits, and you'll find this out with your girls, depending on because everybody is built differently, right? It it doesn't matter right. if you're a man or a woman. Sometimes finding camouflage that fits your body is hard, and right. if you're short, it's hard if you're extremely tall it's hard it's so once you find something that you absolutely love it's probably truly going to be a little bit more expensive than some of the other things if you normally have a harder time finding regular sizes right Right. so i would protect it as far as i can protect it (laughs) because i want to spend my money on other things i want to spend it on tags i want to spend it on trips i want to spend it on um ways to get out more rather than on multiple uh pieces of equipment because i have damaged it (laughs) for sure i know and and that's the thing too is with with both uh both of the products the x-cross and the turkey kill kit it's 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 actually too changing the mindset of the way people have been hunting you know so that's one of the challenges that i that i have is everyone's been crossing fences without anything Mm -hmm. and then with the turkey kill kit everyone's been um you know hunting turkeys putting them in a vest swinging them over their shoulders um and then uh, the the kit started with basically um again with camouflage you know you, you shoot a bird you throw it over your shoulder that blood ends up dripping all over your pants and yeah. then it transferred to your truck or your car or whatever, which is not a big deal. You can clean it up, but still it's, it's, uh, you can spend more time hunting and not worrying about, you know, all the cleanup 
plus I've always struggled with having a zip tie to put a tag on the bird. Yeah. Um, you know, then the freezer bag, you're sending your daughter in to get a freezer bag. They come out with a sandwich bag, <laughs> you know, true. so it's just like, <laughs> so it's like, you know, I mean, I'm just going to make a kit that has everything after you shoot a bird, you just got everything there. Yeah. You know, it's got a car- carcass bag. So if you want to, if you shoot the, um, you know, a turkey in the body or if you're archery hunting and it's bleeding, you can throw that bird in that bag, throw it in your vest or whatever and everything, all the blood stays contained. And then you can obviously throw that, uh, you know, the, the bird away in that bag as well. So mm-hmm. it was just, it was just, it was just two things that I just was like, man, I just personally was struggling with them. So I just kind of wanted to find a solution. That's how it started. It was just me messing with it forever and then just like, forget it. I'm just, let's just do it. So that's, that's, that's what happened. All of it makes sense. You know, we've, you have followed me this turkey season in my frustrating season. Right. Um, <laughs> I was really wanting a turkey, uh, but my, so our ticks are horrible this year. They, oh, wow. Okay. They are everywhere. I luckily on my body, I was, I've got permethrin from Sawyer. I've got like, I am covered and have not had a tick on my body afterwards and which is great but Mm -hmm. the turkeys are covered in them and so if you are going to bring your whole turkey back and put it in the vehicle if you don't have a truck if it's going to be in your car (laughs) Right, trunk or anything, right? Then (laughs) if you've got something to be able to put it into to contain it a little bit better than a vest or than than something or just a tarp, then it would be great. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously, you just uh, put the, put the turkey in the, in the carcass bag, you know, zip tie it or, you know, cinch it shut and you'd be, you'd be all good. Yeah. I'll have to get a, I'll have to send you a turkey kill kit for you. Ah, that'd be great. That's, so that's (laughs) the, the amount of Lyme disease here in Tennessee or the amount of, you know, now they've got the, uh, the red meat, uh, allergy that comes from tick bites. Um, right. It scares the ever-living daylights out of me, ticks do. And we have found them on our yep. kids, and I put them in Ziploc bags, and I keep them until I know that they haven't come down with a fever or a rash or something yep. like that. But right. to have them, I, it, it'd be really nice to have something to contain it with. Uh, right. And hopefully... I will use it <laughs> next year right, yeah. or in you the fall one, or in the fall. Right. I'm, I'm planning. It coincides with our, our turkey fall season opens at the same time as archery deer. So you okay. can. So, you just, so do you go out in the woods with a, like the, uh, the primary focus as your deer hunting and then you'll yes. shoot a turkey if you see one or. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's hot still. It's September right. in Tennessee. Yep. It is. It is blazing hot. We do have a velvet hunt in a one weekend in August, which is really cool. Um, yeah. It's archery only and it's private land only, but nice. it's a cool hunt to have. But no, archery, uh, deer and fall turkey, you get one tom. Um, and that's, it'd be, I would take either on right. during that amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm not picky. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not picky. It'd be great to harvest any of either one of those. Uh, well, Bobby, thank you so much. I've appreciated. Sure. Uh, tell everybody how they can follow you. 
Uh, well, we can, you can follow us on Instagram at Wicked North Gear um, and then on Facebook at Wicked North Gear. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you, Bobby. I appreciate it. Thank you, Amy. Okay, go follow Bobby at Wicked North Gear on Instagram and Facebook and go check out his Turkey Kill Kit. And I'm especially going to be checking out that telescoping fence crosser uh, to save my pants. <laughs> Y'all have a great day and thanks for listening.